How's everybody doing? I'm doing all right. I don't know why I just pulled that that pack off, but whatever. Um, man, as us as we were singing those songs, I kept on thinking like we sang a song called "I'm a Child of God," right? It's like, hey, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. How many of y'all, when you were growing up, you had chores? It's Volunteer Sunday, baby. It is Volunteer Sunday. What I think is interesting is that we're growing up and we're children of our parents or our guardians or whoever your parent-like figure was. And typically what you see is that parents give out chores. Anybody have to do the dishes growing up? Okay. Anybody have to mow the yard growing up? Anybody have to move the dirt pile in your backyard growing up? Praise the Lord. It's not just me. It's not just me. How many of y'all had to clean your room growing up? For anyone who didn't raise your hand, how many of y'all clean your room now? Exactly. That's the point. Chores aren't just chores because you need something to do. Chores are chores because they're teaching us something. God still calls us his children and he has work for us to do. He's calling on us to prepare a way. He's calling on us to set up a way. He's calling on us to make a way. He is literally saying, hey, I've got people who don't know me yet that need to know me, and you're the way for them to know the way. And then he's got his church that meets together, and he goes, hey, by the way, people need help. I want to dig into a set of scripture where someone was told what to do, not volunteered to do it. Y'all didn't know that was something, but it is. It is. It's in the New Testament. It's in a, the book of Acts. We're going to be in chapter 6. Some of y'all Bible whizzes out there are going to be like, I know exactly who you're talking about. Good. Watch this. So chapter 6, verse 1 says this. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumbles, rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speakers, believers, uh, speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were long discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. How many of y'all have ever been that person that you're invited over and you only eat a little bit because you don't know if that's all they have for the entire week? Is that just me? Like, I remember a story my dad told once. He, he was invited over at his first pastorate in Seneca, Nebraska. He was invited over, or maybe he was recently married and he was in school. That's what it was. He was a college student. Man, his stories, I get mixed up. This isn't my story. This is his story. I'm giving the credit to my dad. Um. But he, he was in school in Kentucky at Asbury, getting his seminary degree, whatever that was in. And he's invited over to someone's house. And they kept on saying, yeah, have some more, have some more, have some more. After he ate everything that was on the table. I mean, he just, they were, you know, he was taught, if they offer it, take it. And so he did. But after all of that, he found out a few days later that he ate everything they had for the week. I think there's a problem with the way we see things. Because 80% of the time, our perception is actually different than what's actually happening around us. And the thing with my dad is, his perception was, I have to take it, they're offering it. No, you can let it sit. Half the time, these people that are complaining are complaining because they didn't want to take more because they thought they needed more. 
What if that's the case? I'm not saying that is. It's just a theory. It's an educated theory from my experience, but it's their responsibility. How many hate that word? Come on, anybody who has a job, raise their hand. Right? Responsibility. Anybody who is adulting, raise your hand. Right? Responsibility. It goes with it. But the thing is, is that there's a responsibility and there's complaints and it's like, wait, hold on. Is that actually happening? Is it actually happening? And sometimes in our life we have to think, is it actually happening in my life? Do I see it clearly or am I distorted? If you're not doing that and you're just pointing the finger, I got... Is a stupid phrase, and I hate it because I like to point. God gave me a pointer for a reason, but he also gave me three fingers pointing back at me. And too often, too often, I don't look at the majority of the fingers pointing. I just look at the one. How many of y'all are good listeners? How many of y'all are great talkers? Yeah, he gave you two ears. We best learn it. There's only one mouth, Right? So often we'd rather say what's on our mind than listen with our ears and then respond to what's being said to us. How many of us have ever stopped what we're doing just to listen and actually counted how many answers we have for their life, for the person talking? I'm ready, man. I know what you're going to say, and I have an answer before you say it. But God calls us to step back, listen. Take, Take a review of yourself. Look at yourself from the outside. I was listening to a, to a Q&A of some lady, I forget her name, but she's huge in, um, what's that, Caroline Leaf? Yes, she's like a neurologist, brain person. She knows how things work. I don't know. Anyway, I was listening, and she said, you can actually pull yourself out of your body. It's kind of weird, but listen. Pull yourself out of your body during a conversation and watch yourself. Listen to what's being said, and listen to your own mind, and stop thinking about what you're being, what's going on in your mind, the conversation in your mind, start thinking about the conversation in front of you. How many of y'all, right now, just everybody try this. Think about it. How are you sitting? How do you look? Which way are you looking? Is something going on in your head? Are you talking? Okay, you see yourself? That's exactly what she's talking about. If you can see yourself from the third person perspective, That's what she's talking about. Do that in a conversation and see how you respond and what you you do and how you react because God is calling on you to have a greater purpose not only in your life but in his kingdom. He's calling on us to train ourselves. Take this responsibility. You're his child. He's given you a chore and it's not you, it's someone else. Here we go. Here we go. That's just the first verse, people. Acts 6, verse 2 says this, So the twelve called a meeting of believers and said, We apostles should not spend our time, or should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. Okay, we're going to continue. I'll get back to that. And so brothers, select seven men who are are well-respected and full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. There are so many responsibilities amongst believers. So many things that have to happen. They're selecting food servers. They're selecting waiters. They're selecting the food line. Like literally you're picking up a ladle and you're putting it down. Do your job, shut up, and don't do anything. 
Except God never said that. He's calling on seven people to serve. And the apostles are like, do you understand what we're doing? We're going to nation after nation after nation, spreading the word of God. We don't have time to correct your, your problem. How many times has someone come to you with a problem without a fix? And you call yourselves leaders. Right? I hate it when someone comes to me and goes, hey, there's this problem. And then they go, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, nothing. Nothing. Why? I don't see the problem. You fix it. Because I would rather see leaders grow up than step away from any issue. Like, growing up instead of running, growing up and taking responsibility, coming to me with a, like, maybe you don't feel like you have authority. Okay, come to me. But don't come to me going, what are you going to do about it? Come to me with, I was thinking about, what if we did this? All right, I'm going to turn back to you and go, go for it. Or I might go, whoa, let's, uh, let's discuss it a little bit. Why? Because sometimes two heads are better than one. But we all have responsibility, and we have a church, and there are many parts and many moving things and many, many obstacles. You know that we have children's crown kids. Crown kids not only on Sunday, but on Tuesday, but not only on Sunday and Tuesday, but on Wednesday. Oh, I'm not done yet. Am I done yet? I'm not done yet. We got it on Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Because one church, one dream. And I want to see our kids come up in the Lord and become strong soldiers in the faith. I want to see them be able to pick up their sword. I'm going to hold this up because this is the sword and the mouth sometimes. This is sharper than any, any double-edged sword. And it's sometimes the most dull thing in your pocket. But you can grab your sword and you can swing it as a kid saying, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save me from myself. And he raised up from the grave three days later to bring me eternal life. And I believe it's for you. When your kids start holding their phones as their Bible and start preaching the word at age 12 like Jesus, then we're doing our job. But the thing is, we need more volunteers. Every single day, whether it be Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or special events. And it doesn't stop there. We got a youth group that could use your help. We got, we got uh, we, man, we could use help on greeting, right? We could use help praying. We could use help uh, with sound and projection and live stream. And we could use help wherever because there's going to come a time where there's going to be rapid growth. Whether that's now or in 20 years, it's going to happen. God's going to show up in Des Moines area, west of Des Moines, east Des Moines. East, east siders are going to want to be able to cross that line because something's happening in West Des Moines Open Bible. And I want to take it back to my east side. I can say that. I live two years over on the east side, 37th and Sheridan. Come on. It's real. I went to McKee Elementary. Some of y'all are like, I remember that. Now it's like a preschool. Lame. But God is calling on his 12 to go out and preach the gospel. And sometimes we look to one person as a church, we go, well, isn't the pastor in charge? Of so how many times has somebody asked me, what's going on? I have no clue. Like, look on the calendar. If it's important, you'll need to know it. We're actually going to have somebody you can go to to schedule things on the calendar, and it's not going to be Ben. Because Ben doesn't have time to put it in an app. 
I got other things I got to do. I got to go preach the word. I'm going to go, y'all don't know this, soon, I love that term because it's relative, soon there's going to be a young adult service. Why? Because there are young adults who don't want to come to church because some people look like parents. So maybe I'm not leading it. I don't know. But the reality is, is that God is calling on us to do more. He's calling on us to reach out more. He's calling on us to lift each other up more. He's calling on us to raise up children more. He's calling on us to say hello more. He's calling on us to be the people that we're called to be. And guess what? When you do the things of God and when you show up, you grow up. We shouldn't treat volunteer life as if it's a volunteer thing. Are you not employed by the Lord to do the things he needs you to do? Are you not the person that says, I'm going to stand up, show up, and blow the doors off this place because Jesus called me? Like, I'm not kidding. The roof was rocking on Thursday night because somebody decided to plant a seed called Sober Soldiers. And that's the thing. Sober Soldiers is my life. I love them. I, I ask my wife, she's like, you're living your best life going over there every week. Heck yeah, I am. The, re the reality is I love people. I hated people in Lakin. I mean, not everybody's perfect, okay? When I lived in a town of 2,000, it was hard to love everybody, especially 65% poverty level and no one had any drive. Uh, see, you get it. When you don't have any drive to not just fix your situation but go out and take responsibility, it gets hard, especially when it's over 50%. I'm thankful for every one of you. I'm thankful for every sober soldier because they're saying, you know what, I want to step up and step out. I want to unlearn what I've known and allow God to bring in his bulldozer of love, wipe all the rubble away, and plant his kingdom in my life because when his kingdom is being planted, I've got work to do. I've got cement to pour. I've got walls to put up. I've got truth to show up. I've got barriers to knock down, and I've got truth to proclaim. See, the thing is that we get so caught up that we don't think the physical things matter, but they matter to somebody. They don't matter to you, praise the Lord. But they matter when you sign up for production in the back or when you sign up for kids wherever they are put. If you sign up for, for youth or if you sign up for worship, it doesn't matter. You're doing something to help somebody else. And that's what the apostles saw. The apostles saw it and said, you know what, we're going to be the worst people at this. I don't know if you saw the announcements today, but somebody could be using help on the announcement. That's me. Like, that's so awesome, 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 awesome. That's all I heard, you know? And that's the thing. Like, I don't know what was said because I was talking, but somebody says something funny. Tell me later. But that's the thing. Like, the apostles are saying, I'm not the person for this. There are people around. Do you, can, you, can you move your finger? Can you blink? Blink at me. Two times if it's yes, one time if it's no. Okay, that's three times. I don't know, Jared. <laughs> his, his might not work, or else he's flirting with me. Love you too, buddy. Um, but so often, like, the things we don't think about could be the things that are the best for others. 
a smile. Can you smile? Man, some of y'all have real pretty smiles. Some of y'all, right now, you shouldn't smile ever again. But if you just said, if you said, you know what, I'm going to answer the, I'm going to open the door every Sunday with a smile and a welcome. That could change somebody's life forever. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you have to sit on a chair to do it, or stand up and move around, or rock as you do it, if you're just like, hey, come on in, we're so glad you showed up today. Oh, you need, this is what I think would be cool, and take notes. If someone got the door for you, and you're like, well, where do I go to the sanctuary? Because it's downstairs, and that person goes, well, let me show you, come on. Come on, they leave their post, but somebody is on call, standing right next to them going, I got this. Hey, welcome. So you're supporting everything. So do we need help? Yeah, we need help. We need your help. We need your smile. We need your hands to open a door. And maybe, maybe you don't have that ability to walk, and you're, you're watching this door downstairs. You know what? Somebody's with you that can walk. Oh, I can't show you, but I'm sure Joe, Joe Bob, Jim Bob, Jeannie Jane Thompson can help you, you know, and they go up and they say, come with me, let's go, or how about this, someone walks in the front doors with kids, and they're like, where's your kids program, hey, Jimmy, I'm so glad to meet you, will you guys follow me, we're not doing that, right, and it's not, it's not on you, it's on me, because I haven't shared that yet. The vision I have, envision, within sight. God is going to bring people in the door we don't know. If you're new here and this is your first time, welcome to West Des Moines Open Bible. We are so glad you could choose to join us today. You don't have to sign up for anything because you're new. But we love you. We love you. Next week we'll have sign-ups. It'll be awesome. You have a place to live your purpose here. I believe Lola and my call as pastors is to always create places for people to live their purpose. This place, you can live a purpose here. And we love you and we can't wait to watch you thrive in that purpose. Acts 6, 5 through 7 says this. Everyone liked this idea. They chose the following, and I'm going to mess these up. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip. Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, uh, Parinath, and Nicholas of Antioch. See, told you. An earlier convent, convert to the convent. <laughs> we're making, we're making nuns. Um, so glad I don't know how to read. An earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. See, it didn't stop. It, oh, there were, it was rapidly growing. People were getting saved all over the place. And then they implemented the seven, and it, key, it didn't stop. It kept on going. It kept on going is what I was going to say if you didn't pick that up. It kept on going. And it just went, and it continued, and it continued, and it continued because we put the players in place that need to be put in place. And Stephen, a man full of the Holy Spirit, was voluntold what he would do. 
He was a great evangelist. Think about this. He was going around Jerusalem telling everybody about Jesus. He's like, hey, have you met my friend? Hey, have you met my dad? Hey, have you met my, my savior? Hey, have you done this? Like he was leading people to Jesus without serving food, but then they gave him a service job. He might not have been good at it. He might have been dropping glasses and spilling everything all over the place. And he'd look at that glass and he'd go, you know what? That glass fell and broke, and I believe that's a story of your life. Everything's spilling out of your life, but God wants to renew it. He's creating in you a new vessel to put more liquid into, and he's going to fill you up with the Holy Spirit and watch things change, and people would come to Jesus. He would drop a plate and say, that's your life, a broken life, and he doesn't want you to be broken anymore. He wants you to be a support. He wants you to be called. He wants you to be holding things that you don't normally hold. He wants you to feed people who normally don't get food. He wants you to give someone something to drink that normally doesn't get something to drink. He wants you to clothe the naked. He wants you to heal the sick. He wants you to help the blind to see. That's you. You're this fresh plate. People would get saved. He became a food server for the Lord. And he might not have been good at it. But he still did it out of obedience. He still held responsibility out of obedience. We have opportunities to learn what it means to serve within the confines of our church. We can love you in the midst of your brokenness as you serve. We can love you in the midst of the turmoil as you serve. We can love you as you serve. You might miss the door. That's okay. That's your life. Sometimes you miss the door, but God's got a renewing for you. There's another person coming. You can get that door and welcome them with bright eyes and bushy tails. Don't do this. It's real awkward. My, my son shakes his butt better than I do. But he's calling on us, and he's handpicked you. You've already been voluntold by the Lord that I don't have to. The pastor doesn't have to call you out and go, Jared, you're not doing enough. I can do this because Jared's doing enough. Like, you don't have, you're, you're not doing enough. You need to get the doors on Sunday and do worship practice. You need to go ahead and do this and that and that. No, that doesn't work. If you're already volunteering, I'm not talking to you. If you're not volunteering, I'm talking to you. I'm sorry. You can get over it. The reality is, is that God is calling on us to live a purpose. Maybe you're living a purpose outside of the church. That's great. Let me, let me applaud you. Let me, let me thank you for doing that. But when he calls you into a place, a place you call family, what is your responsibility? If you're a child of God, and you're a child of God, and you call West Des Moines Open Bible your home, what is God calling you into? What is he ch changing in your life? How is he allowing you to serve? And how is he allowing you to operate in who he is? Because he's opening a door. Is he, is he training you? Is he allowing you to work in your gifting now? What is God doing? Act. What, what's going on? You guys got to let me know. And that's, applaud that. Come on, kids. Scream some more. At one point in this church's history, there were no kids in the basement. But God showed up, and a few people started working, and guess what? He takes a delight in the small beginnings. Acts 6, 8 says this, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. He would break a plate and go, that's your life, let me heal you, boom. Like, and he didn't do it on purpose, like, he, let's, I'm just applying here a theory that Stephen was very uh, clumsy, right? He tripped, 
dropped all the glasses on the ground and said, oh, I see you're blind, let me heal you. In Jesus' name, take it. Because the, the position didn't stop the calling. It was a spot that needed to be fulfilled. He was obedient, and he still went through with his life calling. He still did it in the midst of obedience. So it goes on. In verse 9, but one day some of the men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started debating with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Sicilia, whatever, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom. I want you to hear this. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, some unholy men some non-Holy Spirit-filled men, some men who didn't know Jesus men that would lie, steal, cheat, and kill to get their way. But Stephen, a man who served for a purpose, he served a God who was selfless. He served a God who is selfless. He served a God who would change lives, and he lived a selfless life. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, we heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders, and the teachers of the religious law, so they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, This man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone on the high council stared at Stephen because his face became Bright, as bright as an angel. When you volunteer, you are not just volunteering for something. When you say, I want to help, you're not just saying, I want to help in a specific place. Sometimes you're saying, where can I help? And when someone says it, you do it, and you just put on a smile and go, you know what? I, I'm terrible at that. I mean, you want to watch them again? The announcements were Bad. Lola did great, didn't she? She's amazing. I'm over here st- 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 stuttering, folks. But the thing is, is that it happened, and I did it with a smile. Every time I messed up, yeah, I took like 20 cuts, guys. I was like, cut, that's terrible. Let's do it again. Each one of them, and I did a lot of them. I need your help, Toby. I need your help. I need your bright, good-looking face and your, your uh, gift of gab, you know? <laughs> but that's the thing. That's the thing. Toby's got a gift of gab. I bet he's terrible on the camera. No offense. He's terrible on the camera, I'm sure. No, you're not. But TJ might be better. He covers up his face, you know what I'm saying? The thing is, is that we do it with a smile. We do it with hope. Man, don't look at me, TJ. (laughs) But we do it with hope and we do it with a call. And the thing is is that we do it not to see ourselves up there. We we do it to see people come to Jesus. Man, my favorite announcement was the baptism one. Has nothing to do with me. I'm just excited. We're doing two baptisms less than 12 months. I've never seen that in my career. Like, God is good. Let's keep on doing that. I, a church coming to me going, hey, can we partner up and do I only have one. And I'm like, you'll have more than one by Easter. 
Well, guess what? We had more than five say, hey, I want to be baptized. I'm like, uh, we got to do this in the future. Why? Because that's who the Lord is. The Lord is the producer of our responsibility. You got to pay a bill, he gives you a job. You got to pay a bill and you don't get a job, he's probably calling on you. He's probably tapping on your shoulder. He's probably saying, hey, what else are you not doing? You got some responsibilities. You got some elbow grease to rub. You're like, you got to do something. You got to work hard for what God's going to bless you with. And sometimes he doesn't. How many times do we come to the altar and go, Lord, take it all and expect a fairy tale ending? Knock it off. Because it's not about the fairy tale ending with Jesus. 11 out of the 12, and I say 11 out of the 12, there's debate on the 12th one, were martyred for their faith. Stephen, in that courtroom, he, in verses later, he looks up. He looks up into the sky as, as these men are yelling at him after he proclaims the gospel, doesn't talk a single bad thing about Moses, doesn't put God down, but chooses to elevate the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, in Jesus Christ. And he's looking up as they're yelling at him, and he goes, Stop! Don't you see that Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father, and he's doing his work, and at that, they got mad, they rushed him, and they stoned him. They stoned him to death, and out of that death came the salvation of a man named Saul. I guarantee the day that Saul's on the road to Damascus, and this is in scripture, we'll get to it someday, he's on the road to Damascus, he's, he's blinded by a light because Stephen was serving food. And as he's blinded by the light, I'm sure the thing that came, comes across his mind in that moment is, is this the God that I persecuted when I killed Stephen? Because they laid their jackets after stoning Stephen at his feet, saying, this is the man who gave approval. Like that moment, it must have broke him. Because all he said was, who are you, Lord? He recognized the power. And at that moment, Jesus speaks from heaven, saying, I am the one who you are persecuting by killing all of these Christians. You never know where your volunteered spot, whether it seems like it's a big deal or if it seems like it's nothing, how it'll affect the people to come. You know, the greatest reward I can think about that would ever happen on this earth is martyrdom. Being a martyr, dying for a cause, the cause of what greater reward would there be? And with that, I'm going to ask Lola to come up and just play something. There's no end song, don't worry. I want, I want to pray as she plays, but I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're like, man, I don't want anything to do with the responsibility. Okay, put that to the side. But maybe you want to be his child. The child we sung about. The child who God is calling on in this moment. Maybe you're wanting to be that child that Jesus chooses to run after. And to hold and to embrace and to, to just chase after you. Because no one's ever chased after you in your life. Maybe, 
maybe you just want the Jesus who just wants to be with you right now because no one wants to be with you in your mind. Maybe your perception is a little off, right? 80%. And you're just in a bad place. And you just need Jesus to open your eyes. Or to be that one person that's never off in your life. I'm going to invite you to come up. Come up. Seek the Lord at this, this altar for just a prayer. Just a prayer. That's it. That's it. Maybe you just want Jesus never said, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, I know what you did on the cross was for me. That you said my name when you entered the cross, when you got on the cross. You said my name. You called me your son. You called me your daughter. You called me your chosen. And I just need that in my life. Maybe you just need direction. Maybe you just seek eternal life and begin to stare at him. And you know what Jesus did after the by coming back. I want to pray for you. So every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, you know our hearts. It's not easy. We got to take the next step tomorrow. We got to take the next step as we leave this place. We got to take the next step as soon as we get up, as soon as our eyes open. And Lord, I just don't want to go back. You didn't give me a rearview mirror. I want to continue going forward. Holy Spirit, I pray that everyone who wants you right now would say this. Jesus, come into my life. Take it over. Let your life reign in me. Let it control everything I do. Lord, help us see the next step, what we should do in the next seconds, in the next minute, in the next hour. Holy Spirit, if you're tugging on someone's shoulder right now, Lord, I pray that you would just give them the boldness to do what they're called to do. Lord, I pray that they would have the boldness to pray those prayers those words. I pray that they would ask you in their life and that they would start living for you today. Or renew their relationship with you. And that they would see that it's not all daisies and uniforms, but it's there's truth and there's work. And some daisies and some uniforms, but there's a lot of work because you didn't call the faint of heart to live in your life and love you and be there. So Father, I ask you would take us over. You would guide each and every one of us, whether we're volunteering for something or if we're choosing you today. Lord, I pray that you would direct us, that you would challenge us, and that you would love us in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, at this moment, uh, we have tables up front. Um, there's some paperwork up here still. Uh, there's some tables up front. There's a table in the back. There's tables in the lobby. If you aren't volunteering, I want to challenge you to figure something out. Where can you volunteer? Maybe it's First Impressions, which is up here right now. Maybe it's youth. Maybe it's worship. I don't know what else is over there. Kids. Kids is up here. And back there. Oh, it's all out there. Kids is out there. Fill up that. But there's also production on the back table. But... Let's just work together as a family. Cool? Love you guys. Have a great week.